Welcome to this episode of Our Quest. This is Dimple Mehta and today we would talk about how to raise kids without punishment. Joining us today for this wonderful discussion is Luz Maria Villagras Circo, who is the founder and CEO of Positive Living UAE, a Peruvian entrepreneur, coach, family therapist and couple therapist. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the show so that you don't have to miss on any episode. I am always grateful to you for taking out the time to listen to these podcasts. And I hope this episode further contributes towards your growth. If you like the episode, give us a quick rating or review on Apple Podcasts that helps the episode to organically reach more people who might find it useful and beneficial. Welcome to the show, Luz. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. So without wasting any time, let's dive straight into the first question that I have for you. How do we understand the impact that punishment can have on our kids? Yeah, that's a very interesting question because we live in a society that has never learned about parenting. Parenting is a task that we think is natural, it comes natural. And the way we see discipline is the, with, with the eyes of punitive, you know, it's punitive because this is how we were taught. So we, what we do now in, the, in these times, and you know that in conscious parenting is, ideally we like to demystify the myths about parenting because parenting does not come naturally. It's something we need to learn. And it is important because if we don't learn to be parents, we tend to repeat what has been done to us. And that is something that we call generational pattern, generational trauma. So if we do that, and you were raised in a culture where authority and a linear way of parenting has been imposed to you, you want to do that to your kids. So if your parents hit you, you know, and scold you and punish you or even physically abuse you, that's what you're going to do to your child. Now, the thing is, in psychology, uh, we understand that children does not learn when they are in a state of fear, right? When they are scared, because that's what you feel. If I ask any parent listening to this podcast to remember when their parents, if they were physically abused, how do they feel? Most probably the answer would be, well, I know I did something wrong, and that's why my mother hit me, but I was very scared. I was angry that my mom hit me, right? So there is no lesson to be taught in this state of emotion, in fearing, in anger, and, and, and feeling neglected and not seeing for what you feel. So conscious parenting uh, teaches you to have a different approach when you want your children to listen to you if they're misbehaving. Step number one is to validate the emotion of the child. So what the child is doing has a... The, the behavior that the child is, is acting out, beneath that there is a need. There is a need that they want to fulfill. So my first advice would be ask, why, why are you doing this, right? Why are you feeling? Why did you do that? So understand the need, the need, the behavior. So we focus not on the behavior, but we focus on the feeling. Why? And I can assure you there is a need behind that. And so you understand the child, you validate the child. And that is when we come as parents 
to guide the child. We explain, look, this is what you have. If you wanted this, you can ask me. And I will understand that if you communicate with me. And so then the child will learn like that, communicating in a state where they are calm, they're listening to mom or dad, and then they can learn something. Punishment does not teach you anything. Scolding, neglecting, abusing physically a child is only teaching the child my feelings does not matter. It doesn't matter. It's only my behavior that matters to my mom. And then, of course, we, learn, we teach them the child to you know, manipulate and then lie, for example. And, and this is something that I always explain to my clients. A child doesn't lie. We teach the child to lie. Adults, when we constantly put rules and, you know, punishments, yeah? And so the child to be able to have what they want, truly what they want to hear, they need to lie. So that's when we start teaching indirectly lying. So punishment, I would say, at least in conscious parenting, we see that that's not the right approach because the brain does not learn in a state of fear, anger, and, and sadness. The brain will only learn when they are calm, when they feel loved, understood, wouldn't you? Everybody will learn in that state. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. Great. And I think that's where the disconnect starts. Absolutely. That's when you, you, your child starts to evolve or adapt his personality and understand that, okay, my mommy doesn't like me to do mm -hmm. this or my dad doesn't like me to do that. Mm -hmm. That's when we lose one of the most primordial, uh, I would say, gifts that we have as a human, which is, as per my mentor, Dr. Gabor Mate, and I want to give the credit of this explanation to me, Dr. Gabor Mate is a psychotherapist, and he said that there are two primary needs that any human being has. One is attachment. Yes, we, yes. We, we have to be attached to a guardian because when we are little children, we need to learn from somebody, right? To, Definitely. To the rules of this world and, and how we want to survive. So we need love, we need to be loved, supported, nourished by a guardian. We call that attachment. We have the drive of attachment. That's how the brain, human brain is wired to connection, to attachment. That's one need. But as essential as attachment, there is another very important need, which is authenticity. Mm -hmm. yeah? And so authenticity is this uniqueness that each and everyone we have. And it comes from many things, biology, genetic, we look like mom, we look like dad, and we even sometimes behave or maybe sleep in certain ways like mom, like dad, that is genetic. But there are other factors as well in our uniqueness. And is that divinity, that essence that we each and everyone has. And we are different. And at times when we are raised in cultures or, or, or parents that don't know or don't understand that authenticity, unconsciously, I don't think any parent don't love their child, I'm sure everybody, or at least the majority of the parents are loving parents, but unconsciously because there are triggers in them and there is a lot of unresolved trauma within themselves that causes irrational fears, irrational projections. And that's when these irrational fears, irrational projections are transferred to the children. So I don't want you to spend too much time in there, but or I don't want you to do so much of this. Why are you not reading? If you don't read, um, you're not going to succeed. These kind of labels start to arise in themselves, transfer to the child, 
and so they start to you know be very punitive and very strict and mm -hmm. rules and regulations to the children and then the child starts to adapt adapt because they want what attention definitely yeah? so they, i want to be attached to my mommy but if i don't do what she says she doesn't love me she punishes me she neglects me so the child that maybe was meant to be an artist that maybe was meant to be an athlete uh, athlete they start to see that in for example in certain culture that they see more value on education mm -hmm. on learning coding or reading or math and mm -hmm. maybe the child is an artistic guy right mm -hmm. or an artistic girl mm -hmm. and so they start to avoid because they know if they are who they are mm -hmm. they might not be accepted mm -hmm. so they try to be complacent over empathetic with the parents in an exchange of validation of love and that's when the authenticity starts to so when you talk about these parents who are so loving towards their kids, yet in their unconsciousness end up labeling or punishing their kids, can you share some ways in which these parents can correct their kids without punishments? Because most often we don't know the other way. Yeah, true, true. That's a very interesting question. It's beautiful as well. So I would always start by saying, uh, have compassion, first of all, as a parent, have compassion to yourself that you have not learned in any other way, right? To, you did not understand the proper discipline in any other way. And I want to deconstruct this very word of discipline, right? Discipline comes from a Latin word of discipline, right? So discipline comes from discipline, all these people that follow some leader. Right, a role model and religion, let's say in Islam, Prophet Muhammad or in Christianity, Jesus and or, or Buddha, who was a very wise, wise person. So, discipline comes from the people that follow these role models, these leaders, because there was something really amazing about them. Beautiful, right? So, what we try to preach or, or encourage in conscious parenting is to be that leader as a parent and know that discipline can be easier and more loving and compassionate if you become the person that you want your children to follow. Mm -hmm. And perhaps in this way, for example, you want to let your children spend more time reading. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. Be the reader. Be, be you the one that leads by example. So you hold that book, you call your children and read with them connect, make memories that can, that your children can relate to you, remember you, and also see you mm -hmm. doing the things that you want them to achieve. So without punishment, I would say the concept that Dr. Shefali, you know, the creator of conscious parenting, she preaches and she says that the best method to teach a child uh, consequences is cause and effect. Right? Yes. So you 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 explain that concept and they do understand. They understand from the age of I would say five, four years old, the the concept of cause and effect. So oh, you explain great. the child, right? This is what would happen if you do this is the consequence, natural consequences, right? And then making boundaries also mm -hmm. with your children. Learn, teach them to make healthy boundaries and be consistent with it because parents unfortunately they are not consistent. Right? They put boundaries, but because they are caught up in their own world, they are not consistent with enforcing those boundaries. So it's better to do that, it's exam, but rather than punishment, that it's more toxic and 
it's it's not a good way to teach children yeah that's a beautiful way to explain uh and since you brought up this interesting concept of cause and effect and consequences based on cause and effect it's possible for parents to to find it difficult to differentiate between when are they punishing their kids or serving them the consequences of their actions so how can a parent differentiate between punishments and consequences the word already is wrong people i would say to use that word punishment it's the very wrong hypnosis that we're doing for our children right so it shouldn't say punishment you know as a parent that perhaps your child behave in wrong ways so you can guide your child and say look i know you did this and i'm going to explain you why this is wrong and unfortunately the decision you took has this effect Mm -hmm. And now we want to enforce this effect, you know, and to explain why you are making that measurement, right? That, that measure. So I wouldn't use punishment. That in, 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 in therapy, we know already the neuro-linguistic of that word, that word pun, uh, punishment. It, it, it makes a very, you know, very toxic, you know, meaning. Negative yeah, impact, negative, yes. 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 So it's, it, I wouldn't use, I'm going to punish you now. Yeah. I'm afraid you make a decision and now we're going to see the consequence of the decision that you took. So I would say that I wouldn't use punishment. Yeah. So one example that I can give you about uh, teaching children cause and effect, the very popular tantrums, right? You take a child into a shop, into a mall, the child goes into a toy store, wherever you want to see there. And you cannot buy that toy, right? And so the child starts crying, screaming in the in the shop, and you know the typical tantrum. At that very moment, there are so many techniques that I could, you know, share with you. First and most importantly, don't panic. The parent needs to be grounded. The child is allowed to be angry if he is not getting something. Fair enough, isn't it? Fair it's, a, it's a valid emotion. Yeah. Anger is a valid emotion. Yeah. So you Allow the child, oh, I see, and you make sure you do this. Mm -hmm. I see, use that expression, I see you're angry, mm -hmm. and I understand. Mm -hmm. So what that, that says to the child, oh, you understand how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I see you, I see you're angry, and I understand. I wish I can also have that toy, and I can buy you that toy. Right now, mommy cannot get this toy. But I want it, and I want it, and maybe there is kicking, crying, screaming. Again, the second technique Possible. of the parent, yes, is to not panic and not look around and have any fear of judgment. Yes. You see how much work for the parent yeah. has to be strong, the parent, not yeah. to feel that, oh my God, my child is crying, people are judging me. No. Secure. Secure, grounded, because it's a valid emotion. The child is, you know, angry. So you tell the child, yes, I see you're angry. I'm afraid I cannot buy it, but you are allowed to be angry and come. Can I be angry with you? So you take the child with you, maybe invite the child to come with you into one side or outside the shop and say, you're allowed to be angry. And I'm going to be here until you need to, you know, process your anger. But I'm afraid I cannot get that to you today. And so the child understands that. My mom at least understands that I want it. And then maybe as a parent, you can create an alternative. Yeah. Right? Said, look. I get it, you want this toy, and I can't afford it now. Could it be possible that maybe next month, in two months, when I get some money, I'll get it for you, and we come together together. 
And the child might say, no, but I want it now, and I want it now. And you say, yes, I know, I understand you want it now. But I'm telling you, this could be possibility. We come back, and I'll get you the toilet, and we can find it. And so eventually, the child, anger is a guess. It's a, it's a feeling that comes and goes. In a couple of minutes, the child will be like, okay, fine, mom, and let's go. And that would be, you know, something that can happen. But that would definitely need for the parent to be patient because yes. the, the result is not like that. Not like that. That's the parent needs to be grounded. That's what I said. Because what will happen in a typical scenario, this is what will happen. The, the child cries. Parents are like, oh, you're, made, you're so dramatic, right? Mm -hmm. They completely dismiss mm -hmm. the emotion of the child. Mm -hmm. You're so dramatic. Are you going to cry for this? Mm -hmm. This is one second. My God, the people are looking at us. This is so embarrassing. They're judging. They're judging that I'm not a good mother and I can't mm -hmm. control my child. Mm -hmm. So I'm panicking and I'm in a state of panic. The child is panicked. So now it's your inner child in battle with your child in front of you. And it's a completely mess of emotions. So there, are, there is a clashing, yeah? So then you will start to punish the child. You will hit the child or scold or shake. That's definitely so The problem is... Within the parent. Within the parent. The, the, because who is the child there? Yeah. It's, it's the child is your child. Yeah. An immature brain. And this is where I go to this book of the of Daniel Siegel, this very amazing psychiatric that specializes in children. See, Daniel Siegel, who is a pioneer in psychology, understand the brain of the child and created this book called The Whole Brain Child, which is the integration between the right hemisphere of the brain, which is the emotional, and the left side of the of the brain, which is the analytical, logical, verbal. But guess what? Nobody taught us as parents that when a child is below seven or eight, they are full of emotions. They are all emotion. So they will understand you if you understand their emotions. If you dismiss that and you think in the logical level and on the analytical level, you tell, oh my God, I just told you I'm not going to buy you the toys. Stop doing it. No, they don't understand logic. They are full of emotions. So this is why scientifically, we in conscious parenting, we understand this. We said, no, validate emotion, understand the child, and everything is going to be fine. Yeah. Analytical mind is only developed until mid-20s. So the human brain is developed their analytical So that means you may still be out of college and your brain is still developing. Absolutely. Scientifically. Great. Right. So this book that you recommend is suitable for what parents? Parents all all parents. Okay. All parents. Because I just told you that this book is basically meant until mid twenties, twenty-five, let's say. So it teaches you with examples. What I like about Daniel Siegel, he's very realistic, right? And that book, The Whole Brain Child, um, it teaches you examples with graphics and how to talk to your children. So if you are listening, if you're a parent that is listening to Please get that book, The Whole Brain Child. It's an amazing book that teaches exercises and even, you know, examples of how to integrate the right side hemisphere with the left side, even the upper side of the brain with the lower. It's an amazing book. Wow. Thank you for that recommendation, mm -hmm. Namsha. As beautifully as you have explained how much work a parent needs, needs to do to raise the kid consciously, there's another place where kids get huge impact from, which is the places of education and learning, the schools, the colleges, wherever, even daycares for the early years. 
how can the people there, the teachers, the caregivers, how can they make an impact positively on the kids? How can the schools contribute to teaching the kids without punishments? Yeah, that's a very beautiful question. And thank you for asking that. And if you are a teacher listening to this podcast, please take this in consideration. I think as we spoke in terms of education with parents, educating themselves to be parents and dismystifying the myths around parenting, Perhaps we can also invite ourselves as a society to, to learn to also teach in more conscious manners, right? So to teach children from what is actually biological, natural. In the previous question, I was telling you that biologically, scientifically, the brain works like that. We have the right side, the emotional side, and the left side, the analytical. And that is something that takes time to be mature. So if teachers and schools invite themselves to educate in the psychology of the children on understanding the developmental stages of the brain, psychologically and biologically, then perhaps they will have more awareness how to connect with children in a way that they can, that the children can listen more, they can be more attuned to what teachers are trying to do, because let's be honest, teachers have good intentions. They want to really transfer education. They want to teach children. I met beautiful teachers. I, I was very lucky to have good teachers for my children. But unfortunately, still in that, you know, coaching or, 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 or transfer of education, they need to educate that emotions are something that they must consider. And punishment, this very rigid, linear discipline, the only thing that does with children is it, it blocks them. It makes them to, to see themselves as lesser than, as there is something missing on them. You know, if you punish a child, the first thing that will come to them is fear, you know, frustration. Am I not good enough? These are the questions that the psychic might be asking, right, within the child. Am I not good enough for my for my teacher? Am I lovable? Will I ever be good? Is there anything missing of me? There must be something wrong in me. That's why my teacher is, you know, punishing me. There must be something. And let's be honest, then there's, there's maybe nothing wrong with the child. It's just maybe the child, I don't know, might not have the resources or the time to practice with mom and dad. He has no support. And so that's what we need to understand as a, as a school, as an institution of the school, educate themselves, they should educate themselves in understanding the brain of the child and, and speak to them according to age appropriateness. See, right. if you want a child of five-year-old to have logic in KG1, KG2, or FS1, or grade one, logic doesn't work. Correct. Right? But if you talk to a child, let's say, in year nine, they might understand much better. Still, they are in a developmental stages where, you know, they don't like to be told like the typical teenagers, yeah. right, in yeah. secondary. They are just in the transition of, of letting go of being a child and becoming an adult. And that's the age, psychologically, that they don't want to be told what to do because they are sick and tired of being told what to do all their lives. Yeah. So if we understand at least with more compassion, you know, the psychology, the developmental stages of the brain, perhaps teacher can also 
have a different approach, you know, have, a, have more compassion, right. have more understanding how to pass education in a more compassionate manner, it's more understanding. More right, effective. right. But like you said, that the parents need to be educated about how to be a conscious parent. So maybe the teachers also need yes. certain training and education about how to deal with this. Yeah, because they're also dealing with so many kids and they can lose their patience, they can have their own inner triggers and they can have their own challenges. Yeah, that's exactly what I was explaining. They need to educate themselves about the psychology and the brain of, of a child and a teenager. Totally, totally. It's so insightful and deep uh, what you're sharing because it's about the future generation of the world. It's about the that are being raised today and will be raised tomorrow. And how are the parents and teachers whom these kids are trusting treating them? Yeah. yeah okay. How can it impact kids positively or differently when we are successfully able to raise them without punishments? Yeah. So this is an amazing question. Again, thank you for asking. And my first advice would be, and to all the parents that are listening to this podcast, that we and me, one of them, being raised with punishment, right? I know it's difficult to let go of these ways, you know, of raising children. I know it's not easy. And and some, some parents even say, no, nah, this, is, this is just a spiritual thing, this conscious parenting, right? But I'm telling you, it's scientific. There is scientific studies done in how being a loving, connected, compassionate parent causes in the life of a child. There are scientific, you know, um, uh, scientific, uh, how do you say, experiments that have that been prove done. it. Yes. And mm-hmm. of course, we cannot do with children because it would be unethical and it wouldn't be allowed in psychology. But for example, I, I was giving you the example of the rats. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in Canada, there was an experiment where the rats, where there was two different sets of rats, right? The mother rat that was kept with the cubs, with the small cubs, and this mother, it is nature that the mother, when she has little babies, start grooming the rats, the little mm-hmm. rats, baby rats, by kissing the peritoneum, mm-hmm. you know, the anus of the rat, with love, with compassion. That's how rats transfer their love. And then they put another group of rats whereby they were the little babies were separated from the mother rats, you know, and they occasionally will allow the mother to, to be with them. So they will not receive that much of love, nourishment and support. And so what was the result of this experiment is to see how attachment, connection is so important because these rats, that the baby rats that were loved and nourished by mom, when they were put in mazes, Yes, in a stressful situation, these rats would perform better. You know, they will reach to the destination of the maze where we get the reward. So to call achievers. Yes, mm-hmm. there you go. So they would not only achievers, survival mechanisms. Survivors, survival. Yes. So yes. they would get food and water at the end of the maze. And they acted very efficiently, these rats that were loved, nourished, and had connections. But the rats that were not, they were very stressed. They show a lot of levels of anxiety and stress. And so this is why I said conscious parenting is nothing that is guru or spiritual or trendy. It's actually nature. And animals knows that. 
And I also can give you another example. In the safari, the lioness, the lioness, when she's having cubs, lioness sits in the jungle and the cubs plays around the mother. Yes, you will never see a little lion playing on its own. Mm -hmm. Mom has to be there. Why? Because the lioness presence gives a sense of safety mm -hmm. to the baby cubs lioness, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, 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 the cubs are playing and learning skills of survival, right? They're moving their paws, they're jumping. That's what they're learning. This is a survival skill. And they do it with the companionship of a mother, the love and the safety of a mother. We are the same. We humans, our limbic brain is developed, our self-esteem is developed by the love, connection, understanding of our parents, our primary guardians. So let's accept nature. Let's stop believing on the myths of parenting that we must raise happy children, that we uh, parenting comes natural, that we must control our children, and that we must only love our children and love is sufficient. These are all myths. And we based on ideas of perfectionism, I believe. Yes, yes. based in ideas of society, mm -hmm. cultural beliefs, mm -hmm. you know, generational trauma. Mm -hmm. Now we have not only developed in technology so much, but also in psychology and in, in, in understanding how the mind works. And still, it's still a very big field that we still need to explore more. But since we are learning, let's use this, you know, let's use this knowledge. Beautiful as that sounds, it can be challenging for some mothers or even fathers for that matter, because we have responsibilities to fulfill, we have careers to look at, we have work to tend to. And sometimes we don't have time for kids. So how can a working parent be a conscious parent then? Yeah, that's a very, very nice question. And like I was just telling you offline, the answer is very simple because a conscious parent doesn't have to be the perfect parent, okay? It is not about quantity, it's about quality. Connection doesn't take throughout the day, one hour of you sitting with full presence, here's the catch, with full presence with your child, like the lioness, like the example of the lioness, you sit in there with no phones, not scrolling in Instagram or Facebook, not distracted by what you have to do later or before, and you know, this constant doing. You sitting with your child, just connecting in a very profound level, one hour, I mean, one hour, or maybe even 30 minutes, if that's the case, if you are so, you know, a busy, a busy mommy. So it's about quality, not quantity. Your child wants your presence. And guess what? The child knows if you are present or not. We are, you know, neglecting that the child is a sovereign, divine human being. And they teach us to be present. They are the masters. They teach us to be present because there is nobody in the world more present than a child. Child knows when they are playing, they are fully present with their games. And, you know, they teach us this very wisdom that we lack or we are, I guess we forget, right? Because we were a child once and we were like them. We were present, playing. And so it's about, to answer your question, it's about quality, not quantity. Yeah. Beautifully said. And I would just like to add that Luz is not just a professional in this. She's walking the talk. She's mm -hmm. a working mother, raising three boys yeah. on her own. 
uh, and she's doing an incredible job. So what she's saying, she's also showing that by her own work. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's a constant work. And I just wanted to say that, you know, uh, being a conscious parent doesn't have to be a task. It's something that also requires the mothers or fathers, if they're listening, to take care of themselves. See, the very key point in conscious parenting is not neglect yourself. You cannot give what you don't have for you. And I want to leave this metaphor with you, which you're going to love it. And maybe your you know, listeners are going to love it. Uh, the metaphor of the orange, right? Mm -hmm. And this is from Dr. Wayne Dyer. It's mm -hmm. not mine, so I'm not going to take the credit. But Dr. Wayne, who was an author and writer, a very nice man, he said this, if you have an orange, label, and you cut the orange and you squeeze, what comes out? Orange juice. Orange juice, yes. If one day somebody outside scream at you and shout at you and you become really angry, and then you again hold an orange and cut the orange and squeeze, what will it come? Still orange juice. Still orange juice, right? You might be angry, but the orange has only orange juice. Likewise, if one day you get a lottery or something nice happened to you, you are extremely happy, you cut the orange, you squeeze the orange, what comes out is orange juice. But you see, in humans, we are also the same. What we have inside of us is what we give to others. So if I pressure you a little bit, what comes out for you is what you have inside. So if you have inside patience, tolerance, Tolerance, groundedness, calmness, that's what will come. You will see me that I'm the one, you know, being enraged, but your groundedness, your calmness, your tolerance, which you have inside of you, will come out. So what you have inside is very important. So no matter what happens in the environment, whether it's your boss, your partner, your friends, it doesn't matter. What you have inside of you is what you give to others. So conscious parenting says very clearly, take care of you, mommy, take care of you, dad, meaning eat good, exercise, socialize, by all means, go to the gym, take care of you, because your happiness is what you're going to feed your kids. So it's what will come outside of you. So self-care is key when it comes to conscious parenting. So, yeah. Beautifully explained, Luz, and I loved having you here. And you have shared nuggets of gold in such mm -hmm. a short time. I hope the listeners would enjoy this thing. That's a wrap for today. You have been listening to our quest. This is Dimple Mehta signing out. If you haven't already, please give us a quick review and rating on Apple Podcast. And don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Links in description. See you next week. Same time, same place.